0: Episode 108 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co host, and the man who was once the RD of Beta Hall, John Scott Sloat. Doc, how's it? This is weird. This is very weird. Yeah. We are recording in front of a live studio audience, so give yourselves a hand for being here in chapel today. Yes. All right.
1: Yep. Yep. We got a live studio audience because Brent forced them to be here.
0: That's right. That's right. So shout out to Brent, the, uh, the chaplain here at Grace, good friend of ours. So um, we are going to do some shameless plugging right now. We're going to have a slide thrown up on the, uh, on the screen. We would love for you to connect with our podcast. And there are multiple ways you can do it. And so we're going to ask you to do this right now. Go ahead, take the phones out in chapel. We're actually encouraging that today. Their phones
1: are already out. I let's, know. let's be super real here. Yeah, okay.
0: So uh, you can go follow us on Twitter, at V and S pod. You don't need to worry about emailing the show right now. You can if you want eventually. Various and Sundry podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Various and Sundry podcast, And we'd love for you to go on YouTube right now and subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel, I guess, is what we're calling that. Is that what we're calling it? I don't know what it's called. It's a channel. It's a channel. I think so. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, And then we would really love for you, this is the big one here, open the podcast app on your phone and subscribe to the Various and Sundry podcasts. You can find that in the Apple podcast app, as well as other, uh, you can find it on Spotify, pretty much any platform you find uh, podcasts on, we are on that particular platform. So, um,
1: and if you want to go ahead and go into the Apple Podcast Store and give us a five-star review, if you want to write criticism in there, that's fine. I'm fine with it, but we need five stars. It helps the algorithm. Five okay? stars
0: only, yes. Yes, this is all part of our plan to take over the podcast world. So... Um, We are going to put up a slide here. We're going to invite you to participate by texting in questions on our topic. So we're going to get that up there uh, just so you're ready. But do we want to reveal the topic now or do we want to wait? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think we are going to talk about dating and relationships. So we, because we're, of course, experts. Are those
1: those groans
0: or those murmurs? I I, I think it's both. All the above. Yeah. So, um... But let's talk sports first, so as you're kind of thinking about your questions, we typically start with a sports segment. Yep, but
1: nothing's really happened in the broad world of sports.
0: Yeah, so since we're recording here live on campus, we thought that we would actually focus our sports segment on what's happening here at Grace College, so we're going to talk some Basketball, Okay, let's start men's basketball here. Are you, are you aware of this, John, that our men's basketball team is currently ranked ninth in the country? Yep, yep. I see uh,
1: Coach Moore from time to time uh, around campus and, you know, always a bundle of energy bouncing yes. off the walls. Uh, yes, he is. And uh, I always get a team update, so I'm always, I'm always a fan. Do we have any
0: basketball players here? Uh, I hope so. They're probably required to be here, hopefully. Yes, maybe. Maybe not. Okay. Okay, not. there we go. <laughs> So, uh, big game tomorrow. They play Mount Vernon, fifth in the Crossroads League. And uh, if you're following the team at all, you know Frankie Davidson,
2: mm-hmm. his
0: uh, leading scorer for the, for the Lancers. He is on the Bevo Francis list for best small college basketball player in the country. Wow. Yeah, averaging 21 points a game, almost seven rebounds a game. Um, I've had to get past some bitterness about Frankie. Did you know this? No, I don't. Okay. I, I, so Frankie went to Blackhawk Christian, which is in Fort okay, Wayne. Okay, Fort Wayne, yeah. And his team consistently ended my son's season every year in sectionals by destroying us. Okay, probably because they had Frankie. They, that's yeah. in part because they had Frankie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm working past that bitterness. Now I can root for him. I appreciate okay. that. Let's talk women's basketball. Our women's basketball team also playing Mount Vernon this uh, Saturday. Uh, currently sitting sixth in the Crossroads League, playing Mount Vernon, and they are led by Warsaw grad, Maddie Ryman. Is Re- Maddie Ryman here today? Yeah. She recently scored her 1,000th career point in a oh, game. Oh, I saw yes. this on Twitter. So let's yeah. give it up to Maddie Ryman for yeah. that accomplishment there. Nice yeah. work. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So that's our sports segment. I think we're ready to move on to our main topic. You ready for this, John? As ready as I'm ever going to be. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. um, So let's get the number back up. Yeah, good. There we go. You can text in questions. Brent is going to filter through those and pick out the best ones. Uh, I think we need to give a caveat on the front end. Don't you? A few caveats about dating and relationships. Um, Dating and or being in a relationship is is not the end all and be all. No. Right. It's perfectly good to be single. In fact, some of you probably shouldn't be dating. Right, many of you, perhaps most
1: of you. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I can't. Should not be sense. dating.
1: Yes, I'm getting head nods from the RDS over there. Yes. yes okay,
0: that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, there's some good things that come out of uh, a period of singleness, where you're not in a relationship, where you can work on your own personal spiritual growth and building friendships and that kind of thing.
1: Yes, and serving in your church and, and working at your job and and. Yeah. Building a career and those sorts of things are, are all wonderful things. Absolutely. Speaking so, as somebody who was single into, goodness, how old was I when I, I would think I got married at like 32. Yeah. Something like that. 33 maybe. So I don't right, even remember. Not yeah. right out of college. Not yeah. right out of college. You, you, yeah. You did not offer the ring by spring. No, no, no. I, I got engaged in October. So. Okay. Yeah. That was the well, fall time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Actually, I got engaged in October as well. So. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Did you know that? Okay. I am tried to know that. Um, another caveat is one of the difficulties in talking about dating and relationships is that the Bible doesn't directly address this topic because, obviously, in the ancient world, uh, that was not the way that you ended up married. Yeah. You, had your, you had your parents arrange the marriage yeah. for you. Yep. Would you have any confidence that your parents nope, would have arranged nope, no a good marriage whatsoever. for you? No confidence
1: whatsoever. Um, yeah, no confidence whatsoever. Yeah, me either. No offense, parents. Yeah. That, I mean, that don't listen to this podcast, truthfully. Um, I so. think
0: your parents listen to this podcast. I think my they?
1: mom drops in occasionally.
0: Okay. Do your no, parents listen? No.
1: No. No. Okay. No. Not my about. wife doesn't listen to the podcast either. So.
0: Oh, you can't throw her under the bus like that. Well, the
1: people that are going to go after her are going to be her parents who consistently...
0: Yes, your in-laws listen to the all podcast. All the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's all a little dangerous, to be honest. So... Um all right so as people are texting in questions we'll we'll hit on a few things but do you have any bad dating stories Um
1: I'll tell one okay so uh one of, one of the things that, so one of the things that happens when you when you don't live in a community of people that are hormonal and need relationships um is uh, you get out <laughs> yes I'm talking about you um <laughs> is you get out into the real world and you're working a job, you're doing all these things, uh, and so you join this thing called online dating, uh, which I did for, I think, two and a half, three years, some, something along those lines. Yeah. And uh, you just, it's just kind of shotgun style. You're just going on a <laughs> lot of dates. So occasionally you have a bad one. One bad one that I had was I uh, went out with, 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 with a very nice girl, um, and on the first date... First and only date. <laughs> she brought out her little rescue dog that she had. Um, it was, a, I mean, it was absolutely small. It was, it, was, it was tiny, about the size of a rat, but <laughs> uglier. Um, it had, like, like, its eyes weren't symmetrical on the dog. Uh, it was It was hideous. And then she would dress it up with, like, sweaters and things like this. And I think the lesson here is everybody has a certain amount of crazy in them. Yeah. And you need to hide that as long as possible. <laughs> you don't put that on display on the, on the first date.
0: Yeah. Yeah. About how far into a relationship would you recommend revealing some of the oh crazy? Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, well, you got to reveal it before you take some serious steps like engagement or marriage, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, six months. You know, you've got to wait six months to reveal wow. the crazy.
0: Really? That long, you think? At least. Yeah. Do you recommend gradually revealing the crazy or just I all think baby
1: steps are appropriate. Yeah. I wouldn't do like a cold turkey, just rip off normalcy and, and, and roll with it. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah, yeah, baby steps. Yeah. Okay. This is weird with eye contact. Like we, we always have eye contact when That's we're talking, true. but I'm getting like eye contact from people over here. Yeah. The RDs are looking at me and just shaking their heads. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing?
0: Yeah. I'm sure they have stories. Yeah. Yeah, they deal with crazy. They deal that, with that, crazy. That's kind of their yeah. job description. We deal with crazy every day. Yeah. How about you? Any, uh, any particularly poor dating stories? Um, yeah. I, so my freshman year, uh, so I was involved in, in Campus Crusade for and, Christ. And you went to? I went to Ohio University uh, in Athens and a uh, big party school. And yeah.
1: Historically, one of the top party schools in the country. Always
0: a top 10 party school in the Midwest. Okay. So. Um, obviously, why I went there. I know, <laughs> just knowing you, knowing me, knowing yeah. that OU does that. It just so um, there was this girl that I met at a campus crusade meeting. The irony is that uh, I went and asked her out after I had my very first conversation with my wife. At that, so uh, that's another story altogether. I had a long conversation with my wife. Didn't know she was going to be my wife, obviously. And then went down the uh, the steps in the lecture hall to ask out one of her friends instead. So um, we're still working through that. 25 and a half years later, we're, we're basically past it, I think. Okay. So, um, so her name was Robin, and um, you have her last name on the rundown too. Well, I didn't publish it openly, but oh, this is dangerous
1: territory. Robin in
0: Ohio. Yeah, oh, okay. Ro- Robin. Okay. okay. So she um, she agreed to go out with me. Which I was stunned to begin with because she was an attractive woman, and um, so uh, we decided we're just going to go low key. We're going to uh, go out for a meal, and then we were going to come back to to the to my dorm room to watch a movie. Okay, what movie? I don't remember what movie. Okay. It was. sorry. All right, I was looking for a good detail. No, nah, sorry. All right. Anyway, um, we get into the room, and this is like think think of like beta or alpha hall hall kind of like. Dorm room, okay? And it was a triple, so there's like no space in there at all. And we had this like little tiny TV that was like a 13 inch color TV, which, you know, all the rage back in the were day. You, were you allowed to have TVs in your dorm rooms back yes. in the day? When I came to Grace many moons ago, we were not allowed to have television. Well, it was a public room. university. I mean, they're yeah. not going to police that. But the, we didn't have uh, access to like cable or anything. So, hmm. um, you know, we, we could get the local PBS station over the rabbit ears. Uh, which uh, was riveting, of course. Anyway, so I, I, I put two chairs for us to sit in, and they're, like, spaced a good, like, three or four feet apart. So I'm not even, like, trying to cozy up to her, playing it slow. And um, I go to turn off the overhead lights, but there's still lights on in the room. And there's other people in the room. She proceeds to freak out. She thinks I'm, like, about to make the moves on her. So she gets all nervous. She's like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Like, like I, well, to see the movie, I thought it would be easier if we kind of turned some of the lights off. And she's like, well, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Like, she starts to freak out. She's like, I'm done. I'm leaving. That's it. That's the date. Wow. So she's, she's getting up to leave, and it's dark out. And on a big public university campus, you don't want to, you know, you don't want a woman to walk back alone. So I'm like, please just let me walk you back to your dorm. Like, I understand you don't want to be here, fine, but please don't walk back across campus by yourself. She's like, nope, nope. I'm like, really, please let me. So what happens is I basically follow her. I stalk her, which is probably even worse, from like about oh my 15 gosh. feet behind all the oh way back to her goodness. dorm room. So... Yeah. Oh okay. my. Okay, the irony goodness. is she still was friends with my wife and ended up being in the wedding party her. Oh at our my wedding. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. She was a little odd, I'm not going to lie. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I have so many thoughts that I don't I don't feel like I can say. Well, um,
0: you know, there's yeah, we probably certain laws in place now that I think would prevent yeah, some of this action. Not, yeah, not pretty, not pretty. So, uh, in any case, um, so tell us how you met your lovely wife.
1: Yes, and started uh, dating her. My my wonderful wife Andrea. Uh, she was living in Indianapolis. We met online. We met in Kokomo. Uh, went to a restaurant called the Half Moon Brewery, I believe. Uh, okay. We met up there. had our Had our first date. Um, and, uh, and proceeded to, to date for the next about year. Um, yeah, that sounds right. So uh, yeah, every, every most, most Friday or Saturdays, I would either drive down, get an Airbnb, and, and stay for a majority of the weekend, and we would, we would hang out, and we would hit up the Indiana, Indianapolis Museum of Art, um, down there. If you have not been there, it's lovely. Yeah. They have beautiful gardens and stuff like that. We almost got married there. Of course, there's a certain virus that had something to say about our wedding. Um, yeah, uh, the, there's not too much more to that story. I, I, I think, well, you know, pro- probably the funniest part is uh, my dad. So I'm from Long Island, New York originally. Any New Yorkers out there? All right, just a few of you, I so appreciate that. Uh, my, so I was born there, uh, my dad is raised there, and if you're a New Yorker, you have a guy for everything, mm-hmm. right? If you, you know, you know right, if something's got to be fixed, I got a guy for that. I need my taxes done, I got a guy for that, you know, and you just sort of go around. Well, I told my dad that I was, I was wanting to propose to Andrea, and he goes, I got a guy for that. And so I talked to this fella named Mel in Texas. And I called him on and I started just spilling, just saying everything I wanted, basically. And he goes, John, stop talking. <laughs> Do you have a picture? Do you have this? Do you have that? I said, yes, yes, yes. Send it all to me. And I, I, I emailed him photos and all these things. He, he called me back 20 minutes later. Yeah, I can get this done. Here's what it's, it's going to cost. Do you want it? I went, Sure. And then he emails me like an address to mail everything to. Like I had my grandmother's ring, you know, all these things, mailed it off. And then um, Brent and I actually left the country at that point. Uh, we went to visit friends in Germany um, and, uh, and hopped on over to France. That's, a, that's another good story for another time involving electric scooters. Um, <laughs> and uh, we landed and uh, it was Brenton, Kirsten Criswell and we landed and I had all these voicemails from this guy Mel uh, and the ring was coming back and I got the ring that Friday and drove down Friday night and proposed Saturday afternoon at Eagle Creek Park in Indianapolis. Nice.
0: Yeah. 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 Sweet. Well, uh, my uh, my story is a little different. So Kate and I were... You guys dated through through college. We met in college yeah. and uh, met our freshman year, became good friends, uh, but didn't start dating until our senior year. And she's here, right? She is here. Where is I she? don't know where she's sitting, but I'm blinded by the lights anyway. That's uh, a song. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so the... This is, a, this is a great longer story. I'm going to try to tell the short version. I remember when we talked about telling the story on this episode, you're like, you have to be concise, mm-hmm. so I'm going to try. Yes. Uh, so we were part of the, uh, part of the leadership in Camps Crusade together, and by, the, by our senior year, her group of girlfriends and my group of guy friends had all paired up except for us. So we spent a lot of time hanging out in that awkward sort of, we're not dating, but all of our friends are dating each other kind of thing. Uh, So fast forward to our senior year. I take her to the airport for winter break, because she lived at that time in Massachusetts. That's where her parents were from. Uh, And uh, I take her to the airport. And somewhere in that fall semester, we had done one of those things where you have this conversation of, hey, you know, if, uh, if I'm not married at 35 and you're not married at 35... You made a deal. We, we, we were each other's backup. Okay. Yeah. So we had, we had talked about that, kind of locked that in. I think, you know, locked it in at 35. And then when you guys hit 35, you, you got we, married? Uh, no. We had been okay, married okay. long before that. So uh, in any case, I take Kate to the airport. This is back in the day when you could actually if you didn't have a ticket, go through security, go to the gate with somebody. So she's getting ready to board the plane, I give her a hug, uh, leave. And she sits down on the airplane, she's talking with the woman next to her, and the woman next to her asks her, was that your boyfriend that you hugged before you got on the plane? And my wife says, "Uh, no, no. So they start talking, and this woman that she's sitting next to, uh, they strike up a conversation and, and Kate asks her, So, where, where are you, why are you going out to, uh, why are you going out to uh, Colorado, which they're, that's where they were flying? And she says, Well, actually, um, I am going out to meet this guy from college who we agreed that if we got to the age of 35 and weren't married, that we would start dating and get married. He called me like two weeks ago. I've been dating this guy. Who is going nowhere? So I dumped him, and I'm flying out to meet him, and we're going to get married in a few weeks. So that kind of freaked Kate out a little bit. Fast forward into January, Um, we had this leadership retreat as part of Campus Crusade, and we played this really dumb game called the Question Game. Where all there's a group of like 25 students and staff from Campus Crusade, and the rules were basically you could ask one other person in the room, any question you wanted. And there's a staff guy with Campus Crusade who asked me, so when you... I don't like this guy in this story. No, he's, a, he's yeah, not a good dude. He's a bad um, guy. So I'm sitting next to Kate on a couch in this old farmhouse that we're hanging out in this retreat. And he asked the question, so when you graduate and move on and are serving, I was planning on going to Albania for a year, do a missions trip. When you're in Albania, some village, what girl from this Campus Crusade ministry, will you miss the most and why? What a jerk. That's two questions, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, obviously the answer is Kate, we're good friends, but that's it, we're just friends. So for the next like two weeks, that's echoing in my head, we're just friends, we're just friends. Well, after that retreat, we have this conversation where I'm like, okay, Kate, just wanna clarify, I think you're amazing. I can see myself marrying a woman like you. She's like, I can see myself marrying a guy like you. One of those really dumb conversations that you have and you're like, what are you doing if you're not, yeah, anyway. So the great thing is, is that then clarifies the whole like, oh, we're just friends. So we start spending this enormous amount of time together. Like every waking minute available that we're not in class, we're hanging out together. And in that, I ask her, hey, there's this wedding. Why don't you go with me to this wedding? Just as friends, we'll hang out. It'll be fun. Let me think about that. So in these next two weeks, I'm just thinking, okay, am I really just friends with this girl? So I do the spiritual thing. I decide to pray and fast for a day trying to figure this out. And I read part of C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, it's a good book. It's a good book. And I'm realizing as I'm doing this, like, oh, my gosh, I am, I am madly in love with this woman. Like, legit, hardcore, like, crazy in love with this woman. But I've just told her we're friends. So, God, unless you force me to say something to this woman, I'm not going to say anything about it. Two days later, we're hanging out at her house. And she's like, oh, by the way, um, I need to talk to you about going to that wedding with you. This staff woman who disciples me with Cruz said this really crazy thing. She said that we need to define the relationship a little bit more clearly because we're spending so much time with each other. And I told her we're just friends And if anything would change, he would say something to me. So we're sitting on this couch. It's like 1130 at night. And I literally, I stand up and I start pacing back and forth, having this little internal dialogue with God of, I can't believe you did this to me. What are you doing? And so Kate is getting nervous, like, why are you pacing? What are you doing? And I'm thinking, well, I have two options. I can confess my undying love to this woman, or I can just leave awkwardly. I chose to sit back down and I said, okay, I need you to to just let me say what I need to say here. And before you interrupt, just let me finish what I need to say because I need to get this clear. I said, what I've been realizing over the last few days is that I am falling in love with you. And I wasn't going to say anything, but... Clearly, God has orchestrated these circumstances to make me make this clear to you. And so I want to pursue a relationship with you that we are going to date. And we're going to pursue that with the goal of seeing if the Lord would have us end up be married. And how did your wife respond to this? So she pauses, and I'm not making this up. She says, I think I want to throw up. Now, I had sort of, I yeah. sort of anticipated a variety of different responses that could come from me saying these words, but I think I'm going to throw up is not one of them. <laughs> so I explained to her, okay, look, take some time, pray about it, and in the meantime, I am going to basically try to woo you. Try to, I don't use that word, but like I'm going to court you, I'm going to pursue you. And so for like the next two weeks... I'm leaving chocolates at her door. I'm buying her flowers. I am putting on the full court press. There's a fine line between stalking and pursuing, and I was like walking back and forth kind of between that. So uh apologies to the Title IX office. The yeah. um so anyway, uh fast forward a week, I'm like, so where are we at, Kate? What are you thinking? She's like, ah, I don't know. I, and she's basically, she's like, I'm, without saying it, she's like, I'm trying to figure out a way to put, let you down easy without you know, crushing your you know, little heart there. And so uh, fast forwarding, skipping over some things. So this is two weeks after I have professed my undying love. And we are going to this conference with Campus Crusade. It's at a hotel, the Adams Mark Hotel in Indianapolis on a blue couch. We're sitting there chatting, and I'm like, does it bother you that now that everybody in our friend circle knows that I've basically said I want to date you and then I'm falling in love with you? And she says to me, no, it doesn't bother me at all. And I'm like, uh, why does that not bother you? Well, because I know what my answer is going to be. Pause. And she's like, well, I was like, so are you going to tell me what your answer is? She's like, well, I was going to wait a couple days, but I guess I can tell you now. (laughs) Yeah, please, please. She's like, my answer is yes. I'm sorry, can you just clarify what you mean by yes here, just so we're on the same page? Yes, I want to pursue a dating relationship with you to see if the Lord would have us be together in marriage. Okay? Now, Now, I'm not making this up either. at that very moment...
1: Did you say you're going to throw up?
0: No, I did okay, not say that. Okay, I should Okay. At that moment, a bride and a groom walk into the lobby of the hotel where we're sitting. And there's this argument taking place between like, the, the bride and the groom and the wedding party. Clearly, a lot of alcohol had been consumed on the way to the hotel. In any case, uh, I look over there and I say to Kate, I said, I feel really sorry for that, for that woman on her wedding day. And Kate's like, why? Oh, this is a line. It is. Yeah. It's probably the best I've ever had. And I say, well, because this is her wedding day, and she's not even the most beautiful woman in the room right now.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah.
0: No, no, do
1: not clap for that. You are all better than that. It's a bad right. line. The initial groans, I'm with you. That.
0: There, there's more to that story. Yeah, but that's, that's
1: that was the abbreviated that version. Was. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. We have
0: to move on to take questions. So we're going to pull in. Uh, uh Kate
1: will be down here on the floor for you to meet afterwards. Yeah. If you want to meet if, the
0: lovely uh, Kate, she'll come. If down you want to interact there. with yes. her a little bit, yeah. All right. Go ahead, Brent. Hit us up with these hard-hitting questions.
2: All right. Uh, plenty of questions here. So I just want to. Uh, Initially say, don't feel like you've got to give a completely full answer. Some of these questions are too big to give a complete answer to, but maybe just a few thoughts, a few initial thoughts as you hear them. Okay. All right. Plenty of good questions. Here we go. Uh, a lot of people are asking the question, how do I know I'm ready today? When am I ready today?" date? You, you kind of opened up that door a little bit at the beginning, basically telling them all they're Did not we? ready to date. So mm. how do they know when they're ready? What, what, what sort of things should they be looking for to know that they're ready to date?
0: Well, I'll start with. Um, ideally, you need to be in a good place spiritually, be in a good mm-hmm. place with your relationship with God, where you're consistently pursuing that, growing in that, and and I would add with that um, that you're you're going after a dating relationship with the right kind of motives, not mm-hmm. to fill some gaping hole in your life, but as a way of adding on to uh, <clears throat> your already existing. Uh, friendships and that sort of thing as a way of enhancing it.
1: That's yeah, awesome. I I think life stability is also a part of that, like mm-hmm. making sure that you're uh, secure in uh, adding to the spiritual things and, and certainly, but but making sure you're part of a local church and and thriving, uh, have a steady job potentially, depending on your station in life and and not in the middle of oh well I'm moving in a month or you know you know any, anything like that just yeah. just trying to make sure that you're. A stable
0: human a stable human a
1: stable yeah. human we okay. need more yeah
0: they're in short supply yeah okay that's a quick answer to that one you got another one for us Brent I'm yeah, sure there absolutely. Are more things. all yeah. right
2: so a lot of questions oh boy. a lot of questions about how, how do I begin getting to know someone but not lead them on you know that that balance between we're becoming closer, we're, we're friends, but I don't want to do anything manipulative or inappropriate. I don't want to lead them on, but I want to get to know them to see if we might start dating. Advice for that? My, my first thought is groups are great. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, uh, uh, go to Starbucks on campus. I mean, I, I don't know if students do this anymore, but I would play euchre at what is now Starbucks on, camper- on campus to like one in the morning uh, most weekends. And that was just a really good way to get to know people and to hang out in groups. And uh, don't put the pressure on yourself either that like this has to be marriage Mm -hmm. or bust, you know? A perfectly good relationship is one where you look the other person in the eye and go, I'm not frankly that interested in you and walking away. (laughs) That is a successful relationship. I'm serious. (laughs) Anything anything you add? I
0: I think... It's always good just to be clear about your intentions. That doesn't mean that, you know, you need the, the first or second conversation you have with someone. Hey, I want to get to know you to see if we, if we are compatible to date or anything like that. Um, but especially as you're beginning to increase the frequency of maybe texting them or interacting with them, uh, it's not a bad idea just to be honest about, hey, I'm interested in getting to know you a little bit better. I, I, I think that we might be able, uh, that this might be something that could lead to a dating relationship. Yeah.
1: And do things in person, not, not over text messages or Snapgram or whatever else is going on out snapgram? there. Snapgram? Did that you just in- say Snapgram? That was intentional. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Brent. Get
2: off my lawn. All right. Kind of a part two to that question is, all right, we've been dating for a while. How do I then decide, okay, this is the one. This is the one I want to marry. How, what, what was that like for you two? What, what advice would you give for trying to recognize that? Um, yeah.
1: I think when I realized that I was going to marry my wife is when I was willing to uh, sacrifice a number of things, realizing that... Uh, my own desires were not the most important, uh, but me being with her was more important than, than those desires. And I think that's when I, when I knew.
2: Yeah,
0: I think for me, it was a combination of uh, confirming and recognizing just the, the godly character uh, uh, of Kate and realizing this is the kind of woman who is helping me to be, helping me to grow in my own relationship with God and um, realizing that I, I can and want to, not just that I can, but I really want to build a life with this, with this woman. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the, the, the turning point there. But I, I will say as a caveat to that, oftentimes in a dating relationship, one person gets there first before the other one.
1: And that can, that can end a relationship very So you got to be careful yeah. about
0: navigating that. Like I was probably about three months ahead of Kate all along the way in terms of um, when I was ready to be like, I could propose to her right now, but I know she would; she's not ready for that. So I had to kind of patiently wait for her to get to the same point that I was. And so uh, that's a tricky dynamic to, to navigate, just be, being patient if you realize I'm a little ahead of the other person on that.
2: All right, we're, we're diving in here, all right? Oh you ready for this next question? Here we go. So. A lot. Of, I'm going to kind of make this a little bit of a two-part. A lot of questions about, hey, I appreciate physical touch, so how do I create good boundaries or make healthy decisions in that way, godly decisions in that way, but still include that in my relationship? And then a lot of questions about what if what if a couple has gone too far? What is some advice for that couple in terms of, of making better decisions in the future? What should they do? Uh, even as far as should we break up? I had a lot of people asking, you know, should we break up? Yeah. If that's something like that has happened. So. Give us some thoughts.
1: Yeah, I, I, I never want to look at a couple and go, yeah, you, sh- you should break up in a broad sense, right? Like I, like I don't want to throw out a sweeping, like if X, Y, Z happens, you should break up. Um, I think those need to be handled. Individual uh, situation mm-hmm. by individual situation. Um, I think if you go too far in a relationship, uh, confession and repentance are, are really your best friends. Uh, being able to go to other people in your life who have... Uh, a spiritual stake in it. A small group. Um, uh, somebody at your church. Probably not your parents, if, if I'm being truthful. Um, but some, somebody at your church, and, and just being able to be a part of uh, confession and repentance, I think, uh, can be quite healing uh, in those situations.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, breaking up may not be the the right decision. That that's a case by case situation, but. Uh, It it may warrant uh, at least a temporary sort of pulling back and reevaluating has the physical component of our relationship kind of taken over everything and trying to find some better boundaries in terms of uh, trying to limit the amount of time you're spending alone, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to re-enter more of group dynamics where you're hanging out together and just look, Everybody knows what sort of scenarios can lead to temptation and being smart about trying to avoid those. And oftentimes it might take a little bit of accountability from someone outside your relationship to say, how are you guys doing in that area? What are some ways that we can be praying for you? Are there things that you need to uh, kind of talk through? So uh, I agree. It's not an automatic deal breaker if there's... um, if there's sin in that area in a relationship just like you know there are lots of different ways that sin shows up in relationships the issue becomes oftentimes how do we deal with it Mm -hmm. are we do we confess it to each other do we repent do we pursue reconciliation and obedience take steps in those directions maybe one more here before we
2: sure all right, uh, there were quite a few questions about how, how do you break up well? How do you how do you step into that well and then keep a friendship going and not have it be just, you know, we break up and then we're never speaking again. So yeah. give some advice.
1: This is like 90% okay. of the reason I never dated in the Winona Lake Warsaw community. <laughs> so I just never had to see that person again. Um, let's see, um, I mean, part of it's just, being mature about it like it's going to be uncomfortable for a while but but try to break up with the person in the way you would want to be broken up with if you had to go through that you know uh and uh yeah showing them respect kindness and um
0: yeah i I think that's where i'll leave it i i think being uh kind and honest is is important um and and being clear i think sometimes what happens is if there's a lack of clarity you a person might think well i broke up with that person and the other person's like that was a breakup um i didn't realize yeah, that. nothing
1: worse i remember that happening to a friend of mine on campus uh, where he got broken up with and did not realize he had been broken up
0: with and, yeah that's rough but you know. at the same time i think when that happens whether or not there can be a sort of friendship that continues past that really is just going to vary.
1: Yeah. Depends on the people.
0: And you have to realize it's natural to ha- want to have some of that space after the breakup mm-hmm. where you're not like, oh, "Okay, well we're no longer dating, but hey, you want to go grab coffee anyway and it just as friends?" Like that's just not going to happen probably for a while if yeah. at all. It makes it more complicated when it's in in friend groups obviously, that that really gets tricky. Yep. But Just try to be a mature believer and be kind and gracious and clear, I guess. And date out of town. And date out of town, yes. That's that's, right. That's that's the real lesson here. Um, Okay, well, we probably need to move on to uh, make sure we land the plane on time here, John. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, let's do it. So typically our next segment is what we call this day in sports history, where we talk about uh, something that happened on that day in sports. And since we are recording here in the chapel for Grace College, and really on the floor of the Manahan Orthopedic Capital Center, yeah. where the basketball games here take place. Here is our This Day in Sports History from January 21st, 2015. You ready for this? Do you want to read it? No, t- no, no. You typically read it. Okay. I do typically read it, and, uh, t- and you're t-
1: stepping t- on me a little bit there. All right. um, well, my, my apologies.
0: <laughs> I'm just I,
1: joking. I'm sorry. Um, Will you forgive me? I do. Yes, yes. Thank you for your confession and repentance. Um, uh, January January 21st, 2015, uh, Grace Women's Basketball sets the NAIA record for best free throw percentage in a single game, shooting 28 of 28 in a win at Mount Vernon.
0: There you go. And uh, yeah. Let's give it up for the ladies. Yes, women's and, basketball team. And uh, where, did, where did we get that information from? Yeah, we want to give a, a, a shout-out to Josh Newhart, our sports information director, who is terrific at his job. So let's let's, yes. give, a, let's give it up for uh, Josh Newhart here, SID here at Grace College. All right, last segment, John. One thing you liked this week. Yeah, so my one thing I liked this week,
1: um, and, I, and I thought this would be good for uh, college students. Uh, well, maybe. Um, there is a five-part, I believe it's five-part documentary series uh, on ESPN, 30 for 30 on O.J. Simpson. Uh, it won awards. It came out five or six years ago. Yeah. And he has recently, within the last year, hopped back on Twitter. Oh, uh, and he is an odd guy. <laughs> He's out of jail now, all these things. Uh, if you want to know what it was like to grow up in the 90s, uh, probably 80s into the 90s, Yeah. My, some of my first memories are of the O.J. trial,
0: actually. Okay. Um, so... So the O.J. Simpson
1: 30 for 30 documentary.
0: And this is going to show a little bit of our age difference here. So that happened. So the whole car chase, the white Bronco chase, all of that happened while I was on an airplane flying over the Atlantic Ocean to go to Albania for a summer. Oh, man. So we get to Albania, and I'm in this Albanian home, and we're watching on TV people talking about O.J. Simpson, in in German, of all things. And we're trying to figure out what happened in the world when we left. (laughs) And it was just a bizarre sort of thing to experience this huge cultural phenomena an ocean away. So uh, I
1: was living in New York at the time. I was like four or five years old. And uh, the the New York Knicks were in the NBA finals against the Houston Rockets, and they did side-by-sides. So they had, uh, on the TV, they had one half of it was the Knicks, NBA playoff game, and on the other side was the white Bronco being chased uh, down in California. Yeah, bizarre. Can you it imagine was wild?
0: if they had social media then? Uh, oh, it'd how, be insane. How, even crazier. Uh, I mean. But you should all go watch it, because it's, yeah. it's crazy. It is. So my one thing I liked, uh, I recently finished a book by Carrie Elwes, I think is how you pronounce his name. It's called As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride. So Carrie Elwes is the guy who plays Wesley. On the prince, in The Princess Bride, and it's a sort of behind-the-scenes look at uh, the making of the movie, lots of funny stories in that, and uh, really greatly enjoyed reading through that. So that's my one thing I liked. Lovely. All right. So, John, we have talked about Grace College sports. We have talked about dating. We have talked about O.J. Simpson. We have talked yeah. about it. Didn't know OK bride. was gonna make a make an appearance today. Yeah. 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 So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. Are you ready to call mission accomplished? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, in light of that, all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later. There.